the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, greetings. Welcome. Here we are, Backbone Radio, October 15th, 2023. Yes, I'm out here, and Blake is back there behind the glass. See if uh, there's anything going on out there. Is there anything that can be talked about tonight? Anything. Anything. I think there is, my goodness gracious. We are going through it, and um, the news, the news, the news, always dispiriting as usual. Big, gigantic mess out there. Sometimes I sit back and think, alas, alas, and alack, humanity still doesn't have a learning curve. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, no learning curve for humanity, for human nature. And you can pretty much just rest assured it's always going to be a big mess out there. But we try to make a point of not letting that affect our best lives and affect our good posture. Everybody's practicing good posture out there, right? Getting up off the couch, getting away from devices, getting out on the trail, a hike, outdoors somewhere, walking, doing what you got to do, making yourself less controllable, I trust and I hope. And where should we begin? Where should we begin? How about Aside from humanity not having a learning curve, and aside from basically uh, war going to be breaking out all over everywhere, we'll see. We'll see if, in some ways, cooler heads might be able to prevail. And I will say that I'm not seeing, hearing quite enough cooler heads, in my opinion, There is a great deal of emoting, and of course you'd say the emoting is justified, but yet when momentous decisions are going to be made about the future of entire geographies, my hope is is that the decisions get made from a place of cooler head vibes, if that makes sense. When decisions get made after people have flown off the handle, even though it is justified to be flying off the handle on a whole host of things right now, well, you do worry that things can be made worse. And again, like I was pointing out last week, it is amazing. You know, Trump gets out of office, and next thing you know, everything is going to hell out there. Just everything. You can point in any direction, and you're like, boy, what a mess. Oh, boy, that is a mess. Oh, man, that is really screwed up. And I think maybe it's kind of sinking in on the ruling class kind of people that Trump's coming back. Trump will be back in the White House 2024 election cycle. He's on the way to victory. And so they're thinking, well, we got to screw things up as fast as we can before he comes back. Let's screw everything conceivably, possibly up as much as we possibly can before 
Trump gets back. And yeah, some people think, well, let's get World War III started. Hurry up before the peace president gets back. Before they start hounding out belated and overdue Nobel Peace Prizes to the president that had peace on his watch. Man, that was a peaceful time. And you could look around and say, wow, things don't seem that screwed up. That back in the Trump golden era. You think, yeah, things are coming along all right. And a little bit of optimism. And we're putting America first for a change. But we'll discuss some of these sundries. And it is a plea for cooler heads to prevail. And I don't see what so much of the heavy-duty emoting actually accomplishes. It's human nature, and we, we feel it, and we emote, and so forth. But when it comes down to deciding what to do and what the next steps are, let's just be cool. Let's just be cool. Things need to be done, but I do think we need to be cool about it, in my opinion. I've been watching the speaker's scenario where, yeah, Republicans are trying to get a Republican speaker now. And, oh, man, talk about screwing things up. The rhino element of the Republican Party is trying to make it so that Speaker Jordan, should I call him Speaker Jordan yet? I guess that's premature. But they're trying to make it so there cannot be a Speaker Jordan. And there's some of these rhinos that actually want to have a Democrat speaker. Bill Crystal, yeah, has come out and said, yeah, Jeffries, Democrat, is the best option for the speaker. And I was just thinking, how is that going to go over with the Republican Party base? How does that go over? You have a Republican Congress, but then you have a Democrat speaker. And that's what some of the rhinos want. That's what Bill Crystal wants. Yeah, that's what Mike Rogers, rhino from Alabama, wants. Huh. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Would you like to have a Democrat speaker? <laughs> or would you like to have Jim Jordan be the Republican America First speaker in the House of Representatives back there in the Beltway? Anything the rhinos touch, I'll tell you, they will try to do it in the most embarrassing, most incompetent, most impossible-to-watch fashion. And I might just go through a bit about what's been going on in this past week with the speaker from Scalise pulling out to Austin Long, putting his name in there. Yeah, Austin Long, who was, by the way, the number one trader. There's an organization called Unusual Whales, which looks at Republicans and their stock trades and how profitable they are. And the guy, the rhinos wanted to be speaker, Austin Long, was number one back in 2021, had the best trading, the most profitability of anybody in Congress. And so the rhinos said, yeah, he's the guy. We want him to be the speaker. But he ended up not quite getting there. So it's a big, gigantic mess. But does it not occur to you? I've been saying for many years that the Republican Party is essentially a corral. You might even call it a prison where America first sentiments go to get corralled, to get restrained, to get lassoed, essentially to get locked up 
And it would really be a perfect exposure of the prison that the rhino-led Republican Party has been to actually have a Republican-majority Congress and then have a Democrat speaker. (laughs) Of course, I don't want that at all. And that would be the most preposterous and egregious thing ever. But that would bring the point home about how that's what the Republican rhino leaders want, right? Is they essentially want Republicans in the corral, but yet let essentially the uniparty and the establishment make all the decisions, make all the calls. And that would be the perfect and sort of fitting um, explication of what has been really going on. And, you know, somebody shows up to be a liberationist, a, a liberation movement leader, to set people free, someone like a Donald Trump or maybe even a Speaker Jordan, if he could become the Speaker. Well, you see, those people are treated very poorly by the rhinos. You know, they don't want anybody showing up to let people out of the corral, right? They don't want anybody showing up to say the words freedom, freedom. And that uh, that needs to be discussed in a little bit more detail as time goes on. Henry Kissinger has had a revelation that well, there's been too much immigration from too many different cultures. That has been a mistake. Hmm. You know, you get older, you get wiser. He had this revelation at the age of 100. I was thinking, what if, could he have had that revelation maybe 50 years ago, maybe 60 years ago? But no, he's, he's having it now. Countries like Poland, which do not really have immigration from cultures that are very different from Polish culture. They're, they're not sitting around wondering about their safety right now. Does that make sense? We might explore that a little bit. And RFK, we got to expose RFK more tonight. And oh, I just barely got started here. But hang on, be right back. Yeah, a little Layla action from Derek in the Dominoes. By the way, who is Derek? Was Derek one of the band members there? You probably know there this was stuff. no Derek. No Derek. It was just Clapton and it some was, other guy uh, who actually, played the piano for the whole like second half of that song, right? That's a two-part song. The first part is kind of the cool part, and the second part is the piano part, which right. is also cool. So the coolest thing is Derek is just a made-up name, but it's actually two names put together. Oh, what two names do you know? Dwayne and Eric. Dwayne? Dwayne and Eric. Dwayne Allman? Yes, indeedy. That's Allman? How did I not know this? Derek and the Dominoes was Dwayne Allman and Eric Clapton? Yes, indeed. Okay, I find this out. I belatedly find this out. I thought I knew everything. I did. I thought I knew everything. I was running around all pompous, all full of myself, thinking I knew everything in this world. And it turns out I did not. Hmm. Well, that happens once in a while. Or if you're me, like every day. Every day changes. Yes. <laughs> Backbone Radio, 303-696-1971. Matt Dunn here, hanging out with Blake behind the glass. Been reading up on Marcus Aurelius, the Stoic, the ancient Greek Stoic. Every so often you need to have a Marcus Aurelius phase. I've been having these phases ever since I was literate. And that book, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, is an immortal book. I do own about six different translations of it, but I had never gotten around to purchasing the Gregory Hayes translation, and it's a really good one. 
It's really good. I got to give this Gregory Hayes guy credit. But I thought I would just read one. We were talking about cooler heads, clearer heads. Could we have that maybe? Or is that just boring? Maybe we don't want boring. You sit around with a cool head all the time and maybe that's dull. Anyway, Marcus Aurelius, one of his little pithy bits of advice. When you wake up in the morning, tell yourself, the people I deal with today will be meddling, ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, jealous, and surly. They are like this because they can't tell good from evil. But I have seen the beauty of the good and the ugliness of evil and have recognized that the wrongdoer has a nature related to my own, not of the same blood or birth, but the same mind, and possessing a share of the divine. And so none of them can hurt me. No one can implicate me in ugliness, nor can I feel angry at my relative or hate him. We were born to work together like feet, hands, eyes, like the two rows of teeth, upper and lower. To obstruct each other is unnatural. To feel anger at someone, to turn your back on him, these are obstructions. End quote. Just thought I'd work a little Marcus Aurelius into the record, somewhat on a whim. But as I sit back and observe that humanity has no learning curve and keeps proving that, and that means, yes, even I have no learning curve, Neither does Blake. Well, Blake does. Blake's got a good one. But we do not have a learning curve as a species, and so we just try to sit back with a cooler head unless that gets too boring. So I'm trying to equivocate all over that one, how about? But (laughs) onward we go. And by the way, there was a little reference to teeth in that the uh, working harmoniously like two rows of teeth upper and lower and I might start mentioning that yeah I'm starting a new dental practice here uh, very soon doing a little transition kind of thing and is that not exciting I mean that boy that's not dull to be starting your own new place and I might mention that here and there on air just kind of for fun where yeah host done new practice Gonna, gonna have a lot of fun with that. It's just like really exciting. Anyway, more on this maybe next week. Yeah. Well, let's start saying hello. And we got the glorious marathon Matt, marathon man Rick and Aurora. Rick, where do you see in, sir? Glad you're here. Hey man, yeah, I I ran the Longview Marathon, Fort Collins to Loveland yesterday. You did. So I just wanted to fill you in a little before we get on the the real. Well, topics of life. I, I need these updates, and that's, uh, you know, yeah, 26.2 miles. I was actually in Fort Collins yesterday, well, and I didn't, I didn't, uh, must have, I didn't get on 83, and I didn't see any signage for that, but uh, you, I was probably driving, a, you're probably driving, running faster than I was driving. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right okay. History, Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. The history of war is the history of the world. Yep. And if I may reflect a bit like you did with uh, Aurelius, I love your the mess when you said the mess three times, the world, etc. And then it dawned on me, what we want is a leader who can control the mess the best. 
good point. And Trump, yes. and Trump was able to control the mess the best. You know, everything's so ridiculous now. It's you know, I've been doing some in-depth research on on the border. Oh, this, oh. this is a tragedy, a travesty. And can more than twenty percent of Americans really want that? I mean, geez. Yeah, no. Bad things. That's another one of those things where the Republican Party serves to corral right. the normal yeah. viewpoint that you want a secure border, but the Republican Party rhino class, big donor corporate globalist class ensures that the people who really make the decisions on that will go against what the voting base wants, of course, and keep that border wide open, a la George W. Bush yep. and the rest of it, correct? But correct. yeah, Trump was holding it together. He was holding it all together. Now, you look around and it's like, I mean, can you point in one direction of positive even at this point, domestic foreign policy? It's hard to. Well, no, and actually it's going to get much worse. It kind of seems that way, doesn't it? I, I just, you know, just to throw in, what, $34 trillion, don't you one day deep in your heart know that it's all going to collapse? I mean, come on, people, it will collapse. In terms of the uh, deficit, the debt that oh, we have? yeah. 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 Yeah, and this will spiral into worldwide depression, which always leads to a world war. So here I am, Mr. Optimist. That's my prediction. You know, this Jack Posobiec guy who edits Human Events, the publication, he's one of these prolific Twitter people, and I've often been a little distrustful of him, but he keeps saying stuff that, like, people want to start World War III before Trump gets back in office. And maybe there's going to be so much chaos and so much tumult in the year 2024 that maybe could the ruling class be angling to somehow invalidate the election or we can't uh-huh. have an election? Oh, I don't know. No, Great point. You, you I, I wonder think, about I, that because the, I, the deep state, the ruling class, they, they can't have Trump back in there. That's, that's existential for them. And so they're going to control what they can control and maybe... Maybe we get World War Three. you know, last time we had a virus. I don't know, Rick. It's something to think about, do you think? Oh, absolutely. I give it no more, you know, a 50-50 shot. Why would, why would we put anything past these people at this yeah. point? They're a proven commodity. Now, let, let me just say, oh, one good, the only good news I saw this week was New Zealand elected a right wing. Yeah, I believe the uh, Ahern was yeah. the former New Zealand PM who ended up kind of resigning. She said she had no gas left in her right. tank to keep on being PM of New Zealand. And she's the super restrictionist, uh, crazy, yep. you know, arresting people if they didn't have a mask on yeah. in New Zealand. Really tyrannical. And now the uh, the opposite party to her just prevailed in New Zealand. So I Correct. I think, yeah, the the deep state people, the globalist deep state people which seem to have their tentacles all through. Like, I don't think in Canada, Trudeau is very popular. I think that the leadership in Europe, the WEF, they're not popular. New Zealand and Australia as well. And I always love how the AP, New York Times, all the boys, they always say, oh, no, it's a hard right, right wing. You know, very upsetting to them. Yeah, I, I think we've learned who the extremists are out there. over hey, this. I'm a normal American. Exactly. We're the normal people that get called the extreme. It's the opposite, of course. Thank you. Thank you, sir. There we go. Getting up off of that thing. 
with James Brown. I was talking to amazing producer Blake earlier today, and I said, Blake, Blake, my man, what musical request might you have tonight? And he said, soul. And I said, soul. I said, would funk be all right? Could you do funk? And he said, yeah. And I said, I got what I got it. I know just what we need. And getting up off of that thing with James Brown, which I don't know, I think amidst all the tumult, it's good to have a little getting up off of that thing. And, you know, I did some research into this song, and nowhere does James Brown specify what that thing is. Like, what is the thing that you got to get up off of? He doesn't say. If you, you read the lyrics, and he doesn't say what the thing is. I'm just always wondering, what, what is that thing? that you got to get up off of. And I suppose it could be anything, anything. Get up, whatever that whatever it is, get up off of it and get into gear. <laughs> Thanks for the text to studio that are flowing in. I'll be checking back uh with everybody who takes a moment to help keep us on track. And yeah, soul music. We might have a little more of that. A little more soul, a little more funk. As the show goes on, yeah, we were talking just now, marathon man Rick, and I, I don't, I should have asked Rick how many marathons he he has run, but he's uh, is he is he over two hundred? He might be over two hundred. My memory says it's in that vicinity, and we just, I mean, getting up off of that thing and running twenty six point two miles, that is, that is pretty cool. And, of course, the history of the marathon goes back to ancient Greece. That's where they set that length. And, of course, we were just quoting from Marcus Aurelius, who was the ancient Roman emperor. I probably should say, because there's not, maybe everybody knows who Marcus Aurelius is. But uh, Roman emperor, back to, and I'm just out of memory, 161 A.D., wasn't that when he was in power and he was considered one of the last great emperors of Rome? And he was born in A.D. 121. That's pretty close. I missed it by 40 years. Not too bad. Could have been worse. Anyway, I do know everything, actually. And um, had to text the studio, wow, you just went from Derek in the Dominoes to Marcus Aurelius. I like it. <laughs> and, well, that's just how we roll around here. We like to do stuff like that. Now, there's a clip here that I might just play again later in the program, but it does talk about it's Tucker Carlson giving a little narration about Donald Trump and why why he thinks Donald Trump uh, has been such a successful politician. And I just think, you know, it was great to hear this. I'll bring it back later because I'm going to fit it into one of our essays later in the show. But this one should get us uh, get us cooking here right now early in hour one. Millions of Americans sincerely love Donald Trump. They love him in spite of everything they've heard. They love him often in spite of himself. They love Donald Trump because no one else loves them. The country they built, the country their ancestors fought for over hundreds of years, has left them to die in their unfashionable little towns, mocked and despised by the sneering halfwits with finance degrees but no actual skills 
who seem to run everything all of a sudden. Whatever Donald Trump's faults, he is better than the rest of the people in charge. At least he doesn't hate them for their weakness. Donald Trump, in other words, is and has always been a living indictment of the people who run this country. That was true four years ago when Trump came out of nowhere to win the presidency. And it's every bit as true right now. Trump rose because they failed. It's as simple as that. If the people in charge had done a halfway decent job with the country they inherited, if they cared about anything other than themselves, even for just a moment, Donald Trump would still be hosting Celebrity Apprentice. But they didn't. Instead, they were incompetent and narcissistic and cruel and relentlessly dishonest. They wrecked what they didn't build. They lied about it. They hurt anyone who told the truth about what they were doing. That's true. We watched. America is still a great country, the best in the world. But our ruling class is disgusting. A vote for Trump is a vote against them. That's what's going on in this country. Well, that kind of sums it up now, doesn't it? That pretty well gets to the point, if you want my opinion. And boy, I've been saying that stuff for years. One of the deals is, if you want to be the ruling class, you want to be part of the ruling class, well, just go out there and do a good job for the country. Keep the country safe. Don't screw up stuff, right? Don't wreck the economy. Don't insult the American people, right? Don't lie to them every day around the clock. If you just go in there and do a good job, because unfortunately, there is always going to be a ruling class in any society, and that's one of the uh, commonalities of history. And with my arrogant tone tonight, I'll say, I have read everything and I know everything in human history. And I know that humanity does not have a learning curve. I also know that, uh, of course, I'm tongue-in-cheek. I have to point that out. <laughs> I know that there will always be a ruling class in every nation. It's unfortunate. And I wish it didn't have to be that. I wish there did not have to be a ruling class. But there will be a few people that claw and climb their way to the top of any nation. And their duty is to do a good job when they get in there. But what ends up happening, like in our case, is that we have the most incompetent ruling class you could ever imagine. They are a bunch of jerks. They're weird. They're freaks, in fact. And they're extremely hostile. Very, very hostile. And we need a new batch in the ruling class. And that's what's happening. And that's the process that the current ruling class is rebelling against and trying to avoid. And they're you know, throwing out all the stops to try to, you know, bitterly cling to power. That's what we've been witnessing since the escalator, okay? A liberationist like Trump shows up to set the people free, the corralled Republican voter, and even the corralled Democrat voter that wants a border, wants a Second Amendment, wants, you know, to put America first, right? And they can't be having it, right? They can't. They can't be allowing that, but it's going to play. And the perfect metaphor for this would be the rhinos who want to have a Democrat Speaker of the House when we have a Republican majority in the House. Does that make sense? That's exactly what the globalist elite in the Republican Party would love to have. The corral. Yeah, okay, vote in your Republican Congress, man or woman, 
get the majority, and then let's have a Democrat speaker. That's perfect for them. And that's perfect encapsulation hasn't happened yet, and I don't think it will happen. But that would be the perfect visual for where the Republican Party is today and how we are trying to break out of that corral. Now, I've been talking about the need for cooler heads. Cooler heads. And again, boy, a lot of emoting. A lot of emoting. And yes, we feel strongly about stuff. Yes. And yes, you know, you look at you look at terrorism, you look at injustice. Yes, we want to protect our allies. We want to be as helpful as we possibly can be. But my gosh, when we're talking about World War III, going over the top, killing, oh man, how many people that are alive right now, if we head into World War III, how many people will no longer be alive when we get into a potential for World War III here? On how many fronts, right? On how many fronts? The emotion needs to be tamped down. You need to have the cooler heads. You need to bring the reason to bear, which is in part why I thought a little bit of Marcus Aurelius infusion would make some sense tonight. Get some stoicism in there where somehow you have to handle all, all, all of the just really rough stuff, really, really bad stuff, stuff that there is no excuse for. But yet the emotiveness can, in my opinion, oftentimes make things worse can make things worse. Um, and that's something I think that we need to be expecting. But, you know, you know, I remember how it was heading into the Iraq War, heading into the Iraq War. The um, total lack of cool heads on all of that. And I don't know, look back on after 9-11. There, was, there were very few cool heads around. And then we proceeded to go on and make mistake after mistake after mistake and screw up the country with some of the legislation that was passed in the aftermath of that. And and if the cool heads could have prevailed at that time, we would be in a lot better place right now. Just just pointing that out. Oh, yeah. We got to stick around for the Buck guitar solo. Bring it up. Bring it up. This is Don Rich back in Buck Owens on Love's Gonna Live Here. Can you beat Don Rich? No, you cannot. It cannot be done. Don Rich, Buck Owens, yeah. That's what happens when two geniuses start working together. I do subtract hee-haw from the genius component of um, Buck Owens. But maybe that was a good show. I just remember that as a little kid and thinking it was kind of cheesy. But that was by design. <laughs> anyway, welcome back yeah, we've gone from Derek and the Dominoes to James Brown to Buck Owens, Don Rich there. And that's how we're rolling tonight. Had a heck of a great text to studio from great American Eric. When I was discoursing on what was the thing that James Brown wanted us to get off of, and <laughs> I'm laughing. Eric said, you know what Biden said. You know the thing. You know the thing. That was when Joe Biden was up there trying to quote the Declaration of Independence, and he was remembering about every third word, and then finally he just stopped and he was like, oh, you know the thing. Anyway, cracking me up, great American Eric. 
And Eric, yeah, Eric said, Matt, get up off of that chair or that stool at the club, whatever you're sitting on, and get up and dance. That's the thing. Just like Biden said, you know the thing. <laughs> at any rate, keeping us on track. And yeah, we've been talking about Marcus Aurelius, the Roman emperor, and the Stoic. You got to read his book, Meditations. That's one that should be a lifetime book. I would recommend to just have that. The lifetime book, Gregory Hayes' translation is outstanding. But you got to have all of the translations, too. I mean, there's like a bunch of them out there. But he says, does Aurelius, you know, you're going to get up in the morning and you're going to meet a bunch of nasty, surly people. And they're going to do a bunch of nasty, surly stuff. They're going to run you over. They're going to kick you around. You're going to be surrounded by idiots your entire life every morning. Just wake up and tell yourself that. And realize that, you know, you can still be a good person. And you can still stay attached to the truth and do the best you can and treat people well and just be cool. Be cool. And when I talk about ancient Rome, I mean, there's all these memes on Twitter about how often do you think of Rome? And you think, we've got this wide open border. We're going to have another war in the Middle East. We've got this terrible misadventure in Ukraine, threatening World War III over there as well. Well, is that end of empire kind of stuff? I mean, is that end of Roman empire kind of stuff that's happening like right now, shall we say? But when I was talking about cooler heads, cooler heads, I just wanted to work this in. It fits in with this theme, this hour, that'll be on the podcast here shortly. But back to a little Tucker Carlson for a little continuity sake. You know, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, there's Lindsey Graham. These people are not showing cool heads. I mean, they're like ready to go, ready to go. We got to finish them. And is that the right approach right now? And I submit to you, uh, we do need cooler heads in leadership than what these people could potentially be. Like, not like they're going to win anything, but here, here we go. I think what we're seeing here is uh, the the DeSantis camp is basically taking a page from the Lincoln Project. Oh, wait a minute. That was um, not the right one. Do I have my Tucker one somewhere? And it should be, it should be I. Where's I back there, Blake? Do we have I? That, that, that one says I, but I think... That one did not pop up properly. Yeah, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna double check that one. I am I'm gonna save that one. Yeah. Let let's save that one for just a little bit. And maybe I could go to the next one that I was thinking about going for. And some people are wondering, okay, what does that Colonel Douglas McGregor think about what's going on in the Middle East right now? And he's just one of those stone cold realists hard-ass military types, right? And um, what if we listen to what McGregor, at least, is saying, and he says, it's not Iran that's funding Hamas, it's Qatar. And the more you start looking into Qatar, the more you start thinking, oh, that's interesting what Qatar has become. But here, let's hear this one from Colonel Douglas McGregor. The Middle East is not the Middle East that it was 20 years ago. And this is a, a, an ugly event, but if the Israelis go in there and ethnically cleanse Gaza, throwing all of these millions of people under the bus, so to say, 
especially in the onset of winter. It'll, it'll never completely happen because the region will go to war with them. And everybody keeps focusing on Iran. As, as uh, Sullivan said, they had no role in triggering this. We need to understand that Qatar funds Hamas, not Iran. And then secondly, Qatar also funds Turkey. And the Turks are the real power. That's the 800-pound gorilla in the corner in the Middle East. Yes, Turkey. What's Turkey going to do? What's Qatar going to do? What will be the situation with Iran and the Hezbollah that they back? There are a lot of moving parts, and there is a lot of complexity here. And as Colonel McGregor says, this is very, very serious business. And it is not the same Middle East that it was 20 years ago. So I don't know what's going to happen. But my only point on this is let's be cool and let the cooler heads be the ones making the decisions. And I'll get to that clip on... uh, yeah, Haley and Lindsey Graham and Dan Crenshaw. Those are not cool heads, folks. Not cool heads. But let's say hello to Brad in Lakewood. And hello, Brad. Welcome aboard. Greetings. Well, we finally got some good news last night when uh, Jeff Landry uh, won that governor's race in Louisiana. I yes, think a he lot did. Of it, a lot of it has to do with Scott Pressler and uh, uh, get get out the vote. Uh and that's one of the few causes I will actually donate to because when you donate to Scott Pressler, Scott Pressler com, you're actually getting something for your money. Scott so Pressler I- is this individual who goes around trying to register people to uh, vote Republican. It's the Republican Party. He goes all around America doing this. And that's why I wonder, why doesn't Ronna McDaniel do stuff like that, Brad? She's the chair of the RNC, but... That's not what she seems to be interested in doing, right? But big yeah. victory in Louisiana, and uh, Trump endorsed Landry, right? Correct. Yep. Yes, and for some reason, uh, Rhonda won't call Scott, uh, Scott Pressler back. He's, he's actually been out here twice, and I've met him. I've been involved in a couple of his uh, cleanups, and uh, he's a real nice guy. And uh, why we don't have more people like him is beyond me. And uh, another example where the Republicans are really dropping the ball is Thomas Massey introduced House H.R. 3206, which would end the double taxation of Social Security. Unfortunately, he has no Democratic co-sponsors and 30, only 30 Republicans. And uh, I've called up numerous Republicans around the country, and this would be a great way to get the senior citizens vote. But the Republicans continue to drop the ball on that issue as well. Yeah, and before the wall hits us, do you want a Democrat speaker, Brad? <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I want Andy Biggs, but you want I'll, Biggs. Settle for, I'll settle for Jim Jordan, but I, uh, I can't figure out why Mike Rogers is so hell-bent on de- denying it to Jim Jordan. Yeah, um, that's, it's about Ukraine, and I'm going to go into that in the next hour when we get a chance to. But you would be pretty annoyed, right, if we had a Democrat speaker, right, Brad? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yep. What what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I think we're going to get Jordan eventually. And thank you, Brad. We'll be right back. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.